Suzanne Pedersen in her ninth Solheim Cup with this to win the trophy. The Hall of Famer NB Park finally closes the deal with the dealership at the Kia Classic, career win number 21, passing the $17 million threshold in career earnings. She had three runners up at the Kia Classic, now 11 year history, before securing the title as the most consistent, most dominant player at the Kia Classic in the history of its event. Joined, as always, by the one, the spectacular Mr. Ben Harbring of womansgolf.com. Mr. Ben, how do you like the new adjective today? I am very impressed. It's, I was actually thrown off. and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Because I am doing spectacular. I got to see one of the greatest of all time do what she does. Now, was your day like the weather Thursday? Or like the weather the rest of the weekend in Carlsbad, California. Talking about where I live? Um, actually, it was a mixture of both because I live in the great Midwest, which likes to give us a dose of a little bit of everything. So I think we had some sunny and not not as good as Carlsbad today, maybe. A little sunny. And then it dropped. It got windy in like 50 degrees. So it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> How about you? What about you? You're in Northern California. I hope there's a dose of a Pfizer, a Moderna, or a Johnson & Johnson in the future. Northern, Northern California, pretty good. Never can complain when it's in the 60s and warm and sunny. I'm just perplexed that the LPGA Tour returns to Carlsbad first time since 2019. And the weather gods decide, you know what? Here's some rain. Here's some wind. And, and you know what Hall of Famers do, Ben? I'm going to shoot a 66. I'm going bogey free. Get out of here. <laughs> that was incredible showmanship from NB Park on Thursday. Well, like we've talked about with NB before, the Hall of Famer, NB Park, which I'm sure you already said because we have to say it. Listen, respect is due. You can say Hall of Famer as many times as you want. But like we've said before, in, in, like they mentioned on the telecast, and like what you saw today and the entire week, she just goes into this mode. It's hard to imagine Envy doing anything less than that. It's like even in the worst conditions, if there was, if there's, if I were to pick one golfer ever to go and play around and shoot par or better in any kind of conditions, and even if it was the worst kind of conditions, I think Envy's going to get my vote. She's going to keep the ball in play, most likely in the fairway. She's going to put it on most of her greens. And if she doesn't, say she leaves the ball 60 feet from the hole, she's going to make, chances are she's going to make one or two of those in the round two just because she's envy. So, yeah, it, it just, what can you say? I mean, she's envy park. She's incredible. She's really good. Insert expert analysis here. You know, when you're entering with a five-shot lead heading into Sunday, it's a little weird to wrap your mind around. but. So many players that were around that five-shot difference imploded. Nell Reed, bet of the week this week, 
absolutely imploded on Sunday. And that just goes to show her mental game is so much like her swing. It is pendulum-like in its consistency. Even though she's admitted in the past that internally she's nervous. And she said today at the conclusion of the telecast to Jerry Fultz that she was nervous up until an eagle on the 16th. Casual. <laughs> it's a par Drive- four, by the way. <laughs> drivable par four. Uh, Aeon risk reward challenge hole as well, which the tour brought back this year, a $1 million challenge to the lowest average score, which I'm sure we'll get more into as the season progresses. But it's just cools, cools a cucumber. Well, this Real is simple. I, I do. This is very interesting because they did another thing they mentioned on the telecast is that players enjoy playing with her because if you've had the opportunity to talk to NB or Sear in person, like she's pretty much what you see on TV too. And she's very polite, very nice. She'll, she'll give you time. If you want to ask her a few questions for an interview, if you're a fan, she'll, you know, she'll sign some autographs. And when you're playing with her, she's, I mean, she's not, you know, some people might say some, say some negative things, or maybe they kind of look at you weird. I don't know, but NB is none of those things. She's very nice to play with. But this is like, you remember Tiger back in his heyday. A lot of times when you see him going up the leaderboard, other players started to collapse, right? They'd start to fall apart. NB, but he did it with like more, there's like a, a over-the-top kind of fear, like a, an emotional thing that would, that would bring competitors, his competitors down. With NB, I think it's, there's a part of her that because she stays so calm, even if she is nervous internally, she doesn't show it. And when you don't see that emotion or whether it's good or bad, I think that that's a little bit can be a little scary for, especially if you're chasing, especially if you're many shots behind, you know, you have to make up a lot of ground. That means make a lot of birdies. You have to play aggressively. And uh, Aviar is not really a golf course that you can get the, you saw all day, the greens are all week balls run away. They'll get away from you. If you're, if you're not locked in, if you're not in the right places. So yeah, envy is just, it there's no one like her <laughs> she's a hall of famer second most wins all time by a south korean at 21 chasing the trailblazer as grant boone aptly put it savory pock at 25 couple couple paths to diverge in this opening discussion on nb park lpga tour moved up a lot of par fours mentioning the drivable par four 16th Par fives were a lot shorter. We saw Lexi Thompson earlier in the week going driver nine iron on a par five. And that was driven in part by Beth Ann Nichols article out of golf week, discussing distances, not only on the LPGA tour, but golf in general, that people play golf courses too long, not as enjoyable, not as fun. The argument being that translating scoring should be more enjoyable. Therefore more people watch the product. Did you think that had that kind of impact in terms of was it a more enjoyable product to watch this week? Well, to me, I'm going to say yes, because you saw what happened. Look, the winning score was 14 under. And I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's, that's a solid score. It's not like the 20 unders we see at some, some events where the scoring gets really low. And part of that's because the weather did play a factor, but I think also, it was a good first test to this. If you're going to move some holes up, get some more plays, risk reward holes into play, because 
as we saw, we saw that if you were on your game, you could shoot six under. Actually, Madeline Saxton racked up 11 birdies in the third round on her way to eight under. So the course can be had if you play it, execute it, you know, quote unquote, perfectly, not even perfectly, but it's there to be had. But at the same time, we saw six and seven overs from actually Madeline ended up in the high seventies today in the final round. And there's a lot of other factors to that, you know, but the point remains that I think part of it is the course setup. If you, you can, if you can reach that right balance of making it look in park, she's not one of the longest hitters. We definitely know that. And she eagled the drivable par four with a great, a great, great shot. So we do need to put an asterisk on that drivable par four. Yeah. 250 on the card. Whew, straight downhill. So that shot, that's more about placement and getting the right kick off the hill than anything else. So that is true. The same hole that Minji Lee has a hole in one on uh, back in 2016, I believe. But anyway, regardless, a few years ago, she had a hole in one on that hole, which is no props to her on that. But that, that those are deserved. It, yes. Those the first yes. Ben Harpering props of the episode. Congratulations. Oh. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> props and shout outs is what I do. But, but yeah, overall, I do think that it it does create a little bit more, I don't know if excitement's the right word, because something that I've always admired when I watched LPGA is how incredible the women are at hitting the hybrids in fairway woods into par fours that, you know, conversely, like on the PGA Tour, they're hitting mid or short irons, which... That's great. But that's one of the things I've loved and admired about watching the LPGA is look how amazing they are at hitting hybrids and fairway woods. Now, overall, though, I do think for the game, maybe for for the spectators point of view and for the players point of view, quite honestly, it does. It would be nice, I think, if you ask most players to have a shorter iron, I mean, a shorter club in their hand a couple more times around. It doesn't, you know, we're not asking, or I don't think they're even asking to shorten up every hole so everyone has a wedge in their hand into every hole. Like, that's not the idea. It's just create a few more, even a couple more opportunities a week, even just, just to get a couple more birdies or a couple more good chances at that. There was a lot more decision making from this decision, right? To be more aggressive on par fives, to not. It's obviously incomplete in terms of what ratings are. We don't know the ratings number today. It's not fair to base this off one sample size. But I don't know how much I follow the logic necessarily. I completely agree with Beth Ann about casual golfers play way too long. But for the professional level, if it was true that scoring is highly correlated with viewing, Say Young Kim's 31 under at the 2018 Thornberry Creek Classic would have been watched a lot more, but it's not. And this is a Hall of Famer that won this week, right? This is a big name who put on a show. Her first event back, what a story. And you know what the banners were? Michelle Wee West is making a comeback. Obviously, five-time winner, major champion, has accomplished a lot, done great work at the Solheim Cup, 31 years old. But that's the marketable star. That is the face of American women's golf. And that's what's being marketed. I imagine that 
the thought process would be, okay, if a player scores low consistently, that will craft the narrative to drive viewership, to drive more discussion from the golf media outlets that be to encourage more viewership to follow a specific player. But my overall thesis has consistently been winning has to batter. I think a player has to go on a dominant run. And we're looking at some players who are putting up incredible stats. Jin Young Ko hit 86% of greens today. Fourth place finish. Or 86% of greens for the tournament, excuse me. <laughs> that, that, she hit all 18 on Thursday in those terrible conditions. World's number one playing well. Okay, that should be discussed, right? So it does create more decision points. And if that's what draws you to golf, which is like golf is a mental sport and how you navigate the chessboard of a golf course is fascinating. But I don't know if that's going to be it by itself. So I don't know what the metrics are going to be to decide if this was the right choice or not. I have no idea how long of a, a test the tour should do this for, but it's to their credit that they're willing to act immediately. And this has been a tenure, a Mike Wand staple fail fast we you know i just wanted while you're talking about it it's going to be interesting because you're talking about viewership i think this is obviously going to be a very tough week too considering there's not one but two pga tour events going on simultaneously so there's even more quote-unquote you know events for eyeballs to be at so i guess a good test will be the first major of the year next week a and a and i think with the news that there will be there'll be no spectators. They're not going to put up that wall on the 18th. We've talked about that. We'll probably get into more of that on the preview episode. But just to to point or to uh, connect it to this, there won't be any wall in that in the last hole. So that will they move up the tee to entice players to take a risk to go at it? Because the water is very much in play on that hole. For instance, as an example. So will that be because will that be moved up enough to really encourage players to give it a chance? If it's if it's moved all the way back, then it just becomes a classic three shot hole and you get a wedge. And we've watched a lot of players finish it off, finish that tournament off with a wedge in their hands. So yeah, we'll 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 see. I think it will be determined. We need to see a few more of these events where you have have a more a bigger sample size for sure. Ron Krojcik of the SF Chronicle also broke the news. There will be no fans at the Olympic Club for the U.S. Women's Open. But to take the wheel of the Kia Sorento back, driving us back to the Kia Classic, clicking into cruise control, Young Kim, her top 25 streak has come to a screeching halt. 16 straight events dating back to October of 2019. We've mentioned this streak before, but it's incredibly noteworthy. Three wins in a row. Excuse me, three wins over the course of that streak for Kim. Now the world number two. She was 13th of the world at the beginning of this streak. Now has 12 wins to her career ledger. Third most by any South Korean in the history of the LPGA Tour. She missed the cut. It uh, Just not expected. <laughs> And we're going to get to the best of the week section. Kim was a highly touted potential favorite selection. Dodged a bullet there. 70 uh, in round one. No, excuse me. Even par round one. 
74 round two, the cut was three over. She was four over. She had a short trip to Carlsbad as she gets ready for the ANA inspiration next week. She wasn't on the telecast that much. So it's kind of tough to judge her performance, but for her goal of getting to world's number one, which she asked after her performance, which she asked after her victory at the KPMG women's PGA championship, when she won her first major, that's worth the most Rolex points. It's now there's a little bit of a gap. MB park was fourth coming into this week. I don't know if she's going to pass anyone, but obviously a win is the best thing you can do to move up the rankings. Nelly Korda finished tied for 10th. Jin Young Ko, solo fourth. These pieces are going to move up the board in response to, you know, compared to Say Young, who missed the cut this week. Ko missed the cut for the first time since 2018 last week. And majors are the most important thing for all of this, but so much ground was made up during this incredible run of play for Kim. And now this streakier kind of player who averaged five birdies per round in 2020 is going to have to regather herself heading into the first major of the year. Yeah, it was a little bit anticlimactic, huh? It was like, it, you just never expect these great streaks to, well, it's always interesting when they end because you're like, what, it's over? But then if it's going to end, you think, oh, she would have finished like 26th <laughs> or 30th to technically be outside of top 25. But she actually finished, you know, she missed a cut. It kind of reminds me, not to make a comparison to myself, but when I was playing Little League Baseball, <laughs> I had a 16 at bat hitting streak, which was incredible. And then I struck out to end the streak. And it's like, what? It was just like, uh, it's like, you don't even know how to react. But the what was your to... position in Little League? What was my position? I should say I was a little older than Little League. We were pitching, to be fair. What was my position? I played left field during that time. All right. So we have left fielder Ben Harpering, 16 straight at bats in a row versus major champion Sayan Kim making 16 top 25s. Now this... This is the content I'm here for. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Is it, isn't, that, isn't that the saying out of left field? Just that phrase that comes yes, out of nowhere? Yes, this, this yeah, was an out of left field. Literally came, literally came out of nowhere. Wasn't setting myself up for that at all. But to talk about Young, Yeah, it, so this is going to be very interesting to me because Jin Young did miss her first cut. Just world number one, missed her first cut since 2018. And she bounced back with a solo fourth place finish, which is to me, what you kind of expect from, from Jin Young, like we know how good she be, it has been, how good she is, and how consistent she's been. But the advantage that Jin Young had is that she got to have two weeks off after that, head out west. She, I believe that she was in Palm Springs working at a, even at the Mission Hills course and working on a lot of things to get her game back into order for her. Whatever little thing was off when she was in Florida, she seemed to have got it put back together. With Say Young, there's... You know, it's a very short turnaround and it's a major. And so it's just going to be interesting to see how she bounces back. You can glean a lot of information as a better from these players' social media feeds. They they share where they are, right? <laughs> like Jin Young Ko is gearing up for next week and she finished tied for second at the Kia Classic before she won in 2019. And fourth place is pretty gosh darn close to tie for second. This might be a preview of the initial thought selection from the bets of the week. But before we jump to those, we have to mention the aforementioned marketed woman of the hour, Michelle Wee West, improved by seven shots from round one to round two, 81-74. It felt like to me, watching someone 
you could you can make a comparison that golf is like putting a puzzle together, right? It's do you have the pieces to handle the image in front of you? And it just felt like we West had one piece but not another on every single hole on Thursday, which is the round we were able to watch her on the telecast. Right? She would hit a 300-yard drive and just obliterate it, crush it, and then miss a short par putt. Or on the 18th, she's on the tee, and it feels like, oh, the, the driver's going well, and, oh, she saws off a three-wood too much, ends up in the water in the penalty area. And that's just, just a prototypical, hey, I'm coming back to competitive golf for the first time. But you know what I love the most? Do you know what I love the most, Ben? What did you love the most? She comes in the opening press and says, you know, I come here to play to win. That is what sports is all about. You play to win the game. Salute to Wee West, even though she didn't really have a chance this week. That's the right mentality. you got to come out being prepared to go compete at the highest level. And to her credit, she was also gearing up for next week with this event. That improvement of seven shots came with two less putts, three more greens in regulation. So trending in the right direction, does that, this is not Nostradamus saying Michelle Wee West is going to find herself in contention at Rancho Mirage, but she's doing the right thing. She's building. That's, it's weird to say a 31 year old is a veteran, but she's got a lot of experience under her belt. She's been under the public eye for over half her life. She knows how to prepare for next week. And I can tell you one thing, Ben, we're going to get a lot of media coverage about what she does. And going back to her amateur days, she's done incredible at this event. Uh, then known as the Craft Abisco Championship, she had two top finish, two top ten finishes, including a solo fourth. I think as a thirteen or fourteen year old. So she has a lot of, <laughs> yeah, not too bad, huh? She has a lot of history at this event, a lot of good memories at this event. And as far as this week goes, you know. Her last two rounds, competitive rounds on the LPGA was at the KPMG Women's PGA, 2019 at Hazeltine National, which was, you know, two rounds in the 80s. So she, we, were, we were both there. We were both there, yes. Back, back in the days pre-pandemic. Pre, uh, that was a very emotional final scrum she had with the media. She talked about how she thought she was done, and mm-hmm. the outpouring of emotion totally supported that. So to her her credit, she talked up, she was earnest about those emotions at her opening tournament press conference and also talked about how having a daughter changed her worldview and that she wants to perform in front of McKenna so that McKenna can one day appreciate what her mom did and, you know, couldn't imagine delivering a child and how that would change my body. I sources report, I'm not going to have to go through that development. So (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So uh, this is a very well-deserved shout out to Michelle Wee West for getting back out there. And, and, and she's definitely put in the work again. We we talk about social media, like you as busy as she is being a mom and a wife and everything else, life, I mean, just life in general, she's still, she's been put in work. Like when she said that she came to win, I do, I fully believe that she's a competitor to the fullest. And I know her results have not necessarily matched her quote unquote, you know, well, expectations maybe that people have placed on her over the course of her career. But uh, I mean, that comes when you finish f- solo first, fourth, 
as an amateur before you're even a professional at a major championship, you know, and you almost make the cut in a PGA tour event as a 14 year old, those things will start to build expectations, but nonetheless, you know, it was great to see her back in play back in tournament, uh, back in tournament mode. And she got that. I think that first round, you know, I wouldn't say I expected it, but didn't expect it to be like a round in the sixties, but she, Bounced back, got that seven under uh, or seven shots better, got to 74. And I think that's great momentum. She's you kind of settled down, right? You kind of ease back into it. And now you're she's ready at a course that she knows really well. And hopefully things go really well for her there. Before we get into the bets of the week, Christina Kim, Haley Moore both played their way into the ANA inspiration next week. We'll dive further into that in our preview episode, but Players had to be in the top 80 in CME points rather than official money this year to qualify into the ANA. They did not already qualify for other reasons into the event. And those are just players who played their way in. For example, friend of the show, Jennifer Chang, with her top 10 before this week, got herself in on CME points. So that's, it's funny how there's a snowball effect here in terms of retaining your status you got to play your way into events you got to play well early and moments like forgetting to sign your scorecard could derail you if you weren't already a major champion and more importantly a bet of the week selection ben <laughs> ng chun oh okay it's really hard to be mad at ng for how honest she was at the start of the week she talked about in the media center going through a real state battle with depression and anxiety over the last few years and how that affected her, how English isn't her first language, yet she was still so eloquent in describing the fact that her parents and her friends were talking to her and someone with the nickname Dumbo in reference to Dumbo the elephant with giant ears still couldn't hear them and hear their words to her because of how dark of a place she was in. That's a really hard place to get out of. And credit to her to be forthcoming. You know, athletes are role models and people look up to athletes to acknowledge mental health, that it's real, that it's difficult. And even for a three-time winner, two-time major champion, these bouts happen. And it, it's clearly seemed like she's stepped into the ring with this demon and beating it pretty good she's only player on the lpga tour who's finished in the top 10 in every event so far this year up till this week and she was four shots behind in b park after play friday she was in line for another one and from a selfish bets of the week perspective ben i was having dinner with my family i was feeling pretty gosh darn good with mb in the lead mel reed and ng chun lurking nearby I go on to twitter.com and LPGA media tweets out that NG Chun is disqualified for not signing the scorecard. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Pain, suffering. Yeah. And, and first, for me, first and foremost, I feel pain for NG. I, like, I understand that at the end of the day, that's one of the things golf is a lot of accountability on yourself. Like it's up to you. You are the one that if you cheated, a lot of times you're the only one that knows and it's up to you. Or if there was an infraction or a penalty, like a lot of times you're the only one that may know, not necessarily at the professional level, especially a player like 
Inji, a multiple time major champion who has a lot of eyes on her. But, you know, it's just so, but from the human side of it, especially after kind of opening up about all these things and, and seeing her get back to this place where we, she is a two time major champion. That's not an accident. So to see her struggle with her play over the last couple of years, it's been tough to watch because we know the level she can play at. So to, to hear her ta- acknowledge those, those mental battles that she'd been going through and then have an incident like this happen. I just immediately, my initial reaction is like, Oh no. And gee, like, I just, I hope that it doesn't set her back too much. And to her credit again, though, she did make an Instagram post right after, I mean, that night acknowledging what happened and, and essentially saying, you know, I think she used the word along the lines of burned into her memory. <laughs> I will and, learn from this painful lesson. And yeah, that's, that's apt. That's what learn it is. It. And you know what? Unfortunately, I think it's a lesson that a lot of other players will learn from too, <laughs> because you just, you just think about that. You know, I remember an incident happening with the player a couple years ago where I'm not, I'm leaving your name out on purpose, but, you know, there was an incident with one of the yardage books or greens book. They updated the rules in 2019 and you had to get smaller ones. Long story short is that this player was needing some very good finishes, you know, car getting your status, keeping that and everything. And she was in, like in contention, she was top 10 and then found out after the round it came to realization anyway long story short that she ended up getting disqualified from the tournament because green's book was the wrong one it was too big it was the the old green's book and incidents like that happen and they're painful lessons but uh you know hopefully ng can keep the good play momentum into the the next major and i imagine you know next week at a a and hoping the best for her as far as that goes <laughs> I'm really fascinated to see how sports books price her after this because she was playing well, but she's DQ'd. So you can't magically plug that into a model. It's going to be a little bit of uh, manual manipulation there, as we like to say, speaking of other bets of the week, the fourth correct selection in the history of the Paisley par first one of 2021 NB park brings us back to the green 105 units, <laughs> one on the year, 100 units bet with an asterisk because 10 of those units are related to the year-long official money bet or official money race where two bets were placed. So you can add or subtract those as you will. The five players just run through them before I get your takes on them. MB Park, overall winner, Mel Reed, tied for 26. NG Chun, DQ, plus 4,000. Jennifer Cupcho missed the cut at plus 5,000. Jung on lane six missed the cut at plus 6,600. NB Park was plus 1,400. All of those were from DraftKings, except for Cup Show, where at all four books I look at, everyone had her at 50 to one. What'd you think? Well, obviously, I think you made a great selection in NB Park. Her history at the event definitely warranted a selection. Whether she was going to win or not, you know, she hadn't crossed that finish line she hadn't got the keys from the from the car dealer yet <laughs> you know what was fascinating diving into the data on nb though her last three wins before today so now her last four have come in the months of february and march 
it's something about resetting in the off season that Park is able to take off over these last few years. And she's not old. She's in her early, she's 32. She's not right. old. Right. But she's figured out an off-season regimen that gets her game into peak form. And maybe over the course of the year, she can't maintain it. I would love to talk to her more about what gets her in a position to play well out of the gate. But she's done really well at the start of seasons. And, and that just reinforced like, okay, has she won here before? No. But has she knocked on the door a ton and the dealership is deciding to turn down her call? <laughs> yeah. Okay, to your, and to your point, right? This is this is all about identifying value. Uh, the, the rule of thumb is 10 to one is the minimum that I want to place a bet on just because there's so many other factors and how strong the field was this week, everyone was at 10 to one. So again, if that that favorite group, right? The, the Nelly, Korda, Young Kim, Jin Young Ko, that top conglomerate, who of those favorites can you find value from the most? And Envy was with Say Young at 14 to one. And those two, I was pretty heavily considering, as I mentioned earlier, that Kim was definitely a consideration this week off that top 25 streak. And it's just like, okay, here we go. Let's, let's go to Kia. Let's drive away in a Sorrento <laughs> together. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's very, it's very interesting about Envy though, is because I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't. Th- I don't think she's always been an early season player. She usually, it seemed earlier part, but early to middle part of her career, she was, you know, she started in the year a little bit later, and which just goes to the greatness of NB once again. You know, we've said this over and over. I've said this over and over many times now, but I, she just. It's like when she decides she really wants to focus or or lock in on something, she does it. Going back, I I will never forget ever. And we have another Olympics coming up this year. I mean, hopefully everything goes according to plan and we can have the Olympics played. But in 2016, the people that follow women's golf and know NB well know the story. But you know, she was injured in 2016. I think she was. I'm pretty sure it was a thumb injury. She was battling most of the year, and she wasn't playing LPGA Tour events. And then, you know, the Olympics is coming up. She was definitely qualified, her position in, to get into the Olympics. All of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but very late, she finally commits to the event. She plays the Olympics. It was the first event she might have played the entire year. And she goes out and wins the gold medal. And then what happens after that? I believe she, she took some more time off because she you know, needed to finish off, you know, finish rehabbing that injury. So, when she really wants to get locked in on something, she will do it. And she seems to, she seems to go at it with a purpose and not that other players don't like, I think everyone is obviously like even Michelle, Wee West, you go in to win, but yeah. NB great pick Kent. I great pick. And to run through your other picks pretty quickly, Mel Reed, she made a great run this week. You know, she, she did final round was a little tough, but it was, it, it's final round. Anything can happen. It was tough like an overcooked steak. <laughs> oh, we man. already beat up NG. Yeah. NG, I, I would, yeah. I would still give you a good pick. It's because she still played well. It's kind of a flukish thing. So, Jennifer Cup show, 
she'd been playing well. I understand. I understand the pick. And generally six, I think at the odds in her past performances over the last couple of years, it's it's tough to pick against the 2019 LPJ Rookie of the Year, U.S. Women's Open champion. But you know, of course, she hasn't been playing quite up to her level that we're used to. Couple seeing. tied for fifties. I'm I'm falling sucker. She's almost falling into the Sunken Park trap where. DraftKings had her 16 to one higher than anywhere else. So it's okay. I'm going to pick her, but you know, we could, we could tie this into the ANA inspiration, but we have a preview episode coming. So then we will reconvene in a very short amount of time to discuss the first major of professional golf. As always a pleasure chatting, man. Great talking with you too. Where is my talk soon? Oh, shit. Wait, I'm still recording. <laughs> <laughs> How about that?